Welcome, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 5 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher who is joined by a very special guest. I have Aaron Phillips with us today. How's it going, Aaron? Hey, doing good. How are you, Andy? Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was telling you before the show, I I uh, feel like... Uh, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking waiting this long to have you on because of out of all the people I know, you have a lot of really cool stories, really cool experiences. I do have to ask, like, when did your interest in metaphysics and the paranormal and conspiracy theories? I mean, has this kind of always been your been your thing? I, you know, back you know I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, all the way from a young kid, you know. Uh, I was, I had a babysitter show me Poltergeist as a, as like a six year old, you know, talking about that movie. Yeah. It's yeah. one thing a babysitter never should do. And then, and after that, I had some nightmares and then those nightmares turned into experiences, it seemed like. And then, yeah, I mean, from a very young age. So all because of a babysitter showed you Poltergeist. Show me Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, Can you imagine that being a six year old and you're sitting in front of the, and Carolyn is going into the TV, you know, like. No, but I mean, that's what it was like growing up with, you know, people our age growing up. It was like the Wild West. Anything goes. Right. I mean, hell, yeah. our parents were lucky to know where we were at, what zip code we were in half the time. They're like, well, I hope he comes back for dinner. <laughs> that's exactly right. We would, they would, I mean, you're, that's that's exactly what happened. And I lived in a small town in Dakota City, it's Dakota City, Nebraska. So it's just north of Omaha where you're at. And uh, I grew up there and we would ride our bikes until sunset. And as long as we're home by dark, uh, there was no issues, you know, and we had that whole town to ourselves. So, uh, yeah, it was crazy. But minus babysitter showing you scary movies, pretty awesome right. childhood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That experience that I mean, that's one that stayed with me. I can share that experience uh, if you want. I've shared it with other people before. Uh, I was a, a young kid uh, walking. Uh, I was in my bedroom at night, and I'd always see like things uh, in the closet, you know, or or in a dark corner, like dark. I know I would just had a, I mean, a lot of kids do. It's a pretty common thing where you kids are scared of the dark, you know? Uh, but there was one night I was got up out of bed and I was walking down the hallway in this tiny little uh, house that we lived in. Uh, I shared a room with my brother and my sister shared a room. And so we were four kids living in a small house. And I walked down the hallway uh, and to the bed, to the bathroom, to go into the bathroom and, and, you know, I'm weary-eyed, rubbing the eyes to sleep away and trying to, you know, just find my way to use the restroom. And then all of a sudden I heard a voice, a really deep voice, a voice like I will never forget it in my life. And it said, and it, it, this sounds a little cliche, but it says, Aaron, I'm coming for you. It said my name, Aaron, I'm coming for you, right? Probably some... <laughs> very i mean it, i used to get in the chills right now even still thinking about it and i literally shot out of that bathroom a bat out of hell <laughs> and turned the corner my parents room was right next door i jumped from there i swear to god i jumped from their threshold to their doorway another six feet and leaped right in between them and i i was scared out of my mind it ended up that experience along with many other things my parents were extremely religious when i was a kid and uh, it led to some pretty interesting uh, happenings within the house, uh, I will say. Uh, and we, you know, the whole thing, Bible in hand, exercising the house, like it was like it was pretty intense. And when you're a little kid, 
uh, going through that stuff, it definitely uh, has a, a way to shape your future. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. and traumatize you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. By shaping your future means yeah. setting you up that you need therapy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, it was scary, dude. Yeah, but lie. I mean, it, the scary part is that, you know, the, the voice that you heard was intelligent or seemed to be intelligent, oh, knew your yeah. name for crying out yeah. loud. That's that's yeah. unsettling. Uh, yeah. And you were in the bathroom when it happened? I was in the bathroom, trousers kinda... down, using the restroom, you know. <laughs> well, that's kind of appropriate because <laughs> yeah. it probably scared the crap out of you, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's still, I mean, yeah, I, you know. Whatever it was, I have no idea. It's probably some old ghost just playing a trick on a young little kid, you know. But yeah, just just whatever. yesterday uh, on the show for subscribers, I was talking with Brandon, you know, about uh, you know what ghosts could do, what we all could do in the afterlife to kind of get a rise out of people. You know, <laughs> how are we going to choose to scare yeah. people in the afterlife? You know, right? It's probably a game they play. You know, you they know, just have. <laughs> yeah you just wait for an unsuspecting kid to you know catch him off guard and then you say his name i oh. don't know i think i'd probably find better things to do in the afterlife but <laughs> me um, too right yeah but no, that was no. kind of one of you know many things that kind of eased you into the to the paranormal world and i think you know primarily what we're going to talk about today and i'm going to actually have aaron back as a reoccurring guest uh, semi-regularly maybe once a season we'll say because you're well-educated, well-versed on a lot of different metaphysical and paranormal and spiritual topics. And uh, But you, you had kind of mentioned today you wanted to get into simulation theory a little bit. Oh, and, yeah. And, I mean, my ears perked up when I heard that because I'm like, oh, boy, I think I've already done two shows on this, but I could do 20 more because at the end of the day, are we living in a simulation? Is this just a glorified video game matrix we're living in? And if so, you know, where's the evidence? Things do seem to be getting a little glitchy. You know, you have these, uh, well, they, some people refer to it as the Mandela effect, kind of shifts in reality, uh, things appearing not to be, um, you know, appearing to be different than, than we perceive them. So I don't know. Do you, do you remember when you first caught wind of this conspiracy theory or did you just start oh, to piece it together on no, your own? I, no, no, no. I had a, a, an auto accident in 2016 uh, where uh, I'm not going to get into the details of the accident because it, that itself is a whole nother, probably take another 30 minutes to talk about. But the uh, I had an accident and I just started questioning uh, my the nature of my own reality, the nature of life just it, it was almost i would say a, a a near death experience even though i walked away from it, it but it felt like that i had a definite uh definite issue there and just thinking back on it that's where my brain just went now uh and through the that accident and then through my then i started reading spiritual stuff about reincarnation about uh just science in general i'm i like to really at least at that moment in time was really about facts and discovering what's the truth was right. I was really, I was a truth seeker at that time. Uh, and I, I still am to a certain extent. And so that led down this long path of, uh, just, there's all different ways to, that you can explore spirituality and consciousness, uh, that led to, you know, uh, there's different, there's drugs. Psychedelics are one thing that allow you to do this. Uh, and, but I will say, I got my medical marijuana card here in Arkansas. Uh, and this is what led to the simulation 
my simulation thing. I took 50 milligrams of THC on Memorial Day weekend. And I didn't realize the dosing of that uh, was way too high for someone who was just starting out. Uh, I had just got my medical marijuana card. I was uh, having, uh, doing the dosing and I took too much. That led to an experience that uh, dove me into with my wife there, my kid there, an experience that unlike they were not having a good time, I was having an amazing time. <laughs> they were, right? Like it was an experience unlike it was the most existential psychedelic trip I have ever been on in my life. And it was from marijuana, which is weird to me because marijuana isn't supposed to be, I mean, it is, it does have some psychoactive properties to it, but it's not supposed to make you, I don't know, trip. And I don't no, know how I mean, it, we are, but it's, it's <laughs> I'm going to say trip balls, but it, you know. it's not, well, it's not LSD. It's not mushrooms. No. It's not uh, ayahuasca. You know, it's, no. Uh-uh. So it is interesting, but you were you having full blown like hallucinations? It was full blown hallucinations. So yeah, I was I was there with a bunch of friends, and I sat down, and all of a sudden I noticed that uh, my son was climbing up this cliff, and time then all of a sudden started going backwards, uh, and I saw him go down the cliff, and I saw him go back up the cliff, down the cliff, up the cliff, and I was really scared, and and I just sat there and I thought, what is going on? This is really weird. I'm controlling this with my mind. This it was a real sense of time warping on me, uh, and this is a true story. My wife was there. She walks over to me and she goes, Aaron, are you okay? And I'm like, I think so. She goes, You've been standing here a really long time, not doing anything. I'm like, Okay. So I went. I sat down next to my friend, and next thing I know, uh, I'm seeing everything around me in this kaleidoscope of colors, right? Then I start zooming in on the trees and then my world just shuts down. I suddenly can't move. I can't function. Uh, and I'm in this other world and I hear a voice in my head say to me, uh, we're, it's okay. We're just rebooting you. And I was like, you're what? <laughs> we're, we're, you're, we're rebooting, we're rebooting you. And, and I was sat, I sat there and, and I was like, and then for a minute I, I, I go into, I'm, uh, and I'm like, I just need to meditate. I need to just kind of calm myself because I couldn't bring myself out of this like locked reality of where I've seen a kaleidoscope of colors. And then all of a sudden I felt this ice cold liquid being dumped down the back of my shorts. My wife had come over, taken the cooler, opened up my shorts and poured ice down because I was gone. She goes, I was sitting there. My eyes were open and and all I and I just wasn't talking to anybody. I was just staring off into space, she said. And I don't remember any of that. I don't remember seeing anything after that. Everything was black. And all I was seeing were these trees. And I heard this voice talking to me, telling me that it's okay. This is you're part of this larger system, this software, this computer or whatever that has been built to protect mankind from itself, sort of, to get cheesy, like an experimental computer system that we are inside that allows us to experience life without harming the environment. Now I want to get green on you here for a second, without harming the overall world around us, right? That was the philosophy of this voice I heard. Uh, and it was, and I'm a pretty straightforward guy. I like to, I like to, I'm, I like to find, have, 
things founded in science, things founded in, I mean, I believe there's intuition. I'm also a spiritual person as well, but, but I believe all of it can be, uh, measured, tested. Uh, it can be, we can all, we all have this intuitive side to us, but this was something beyond that, right? This was like the overall system, my brain shutting down. I was being rebooted. My wife was coming in, dumping ice on me to bring me back into reality. And then, so I was sitting there and I noticed, I was like, I came back into reality for just like probably maybe 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, there's my wife, Andy. Oh, she's really pissed off at me right now. <laughs> I what am I? And I love her so much. I love you, Andy. And then all of a sudden I went back in. To this experience, See, right? you popped your head above water just long enough to take a to take a deep breath, and then you were back down again. Yeah, and then I was back down again within, and this lasted. It seemed like a long time for me, uh, and there was a moment where I thought I was in hell, a literal hell, because I couldn't move my body. I would remember saying to myself, sitting there in the meditative state, as I was closing my eyes, trying to control myself, was like. My name is Aaron Phillips. My name is Aaron Phillips. My name is Aaron, like repeating my own name to me. So I didn't forget who I was, right? It was weird. And it reminded me like if someone was like, if you were a computer program trapped inside a little, little one of those flashcards and you'd never get stuck back into a computer to ever run again, you know, uh, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Like I need to get my flashcard plugged back into this computer so I can start running again. And so that whole thing, and I've gone on this for too long, led to me researching computers and the simulation theory and you know what everybody's saying about it there's some lots of really good work that's been done on it uh lots of really well-known scientists like neil degrasse tyson's who've, who've commented on this right and the the theory the the overarching theory is if we are the and the, oh, there was one uh author too and i can't his name is forget is skipping me right now but uh if we are basically what they're getting at though is if we are the let's say we're we're civilization one right and we eventually build ourselves to where we could create through our technology uh, a virtual reality very much what mark zuckerberg was trying to do with meta or you know which is seemingly kind of falling a little bit failing a little bit but with ai with the advent of ai with the advent of computing power you know getting larger and bigger even though it's slowed it recently uh we are in the chances of us being civilization one after we've reached that point uh, and surpassed the point of being able to create a simulation that people can enter into and then experience a different life uh, is very, very low. Like it's astronomically low that we are the first civilization to reach this point in technology. So that is an argument for us being in a simulation basically. And it's a very profound argument that's hard to argue with, in fact. So, uh, <laughs> so much to unpack here. Right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. All, I just... <laughs> holy cow. I mean, right? that's, that's mind blowing. And, and I, I believe you 100% believe you. Not oh. only do I believe you, you had multiple witnesses. Oh, you could ask anybody to... that was there that day. <laughs> Aaron was off the reservation. He was somewhere yeah. else. I was yes. gone. I literally left my body. My wife had no, she was scared out of her mind. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, you have the car accident, and but then you have this experience also could be in the wheelhouse of out-of-body experience. I mean, I mean, that I know of THC, you know, unless you have underlying conditions, THC is not going to like literally kill you. But right. still, 
near-death experience and that you went somewhere else. You were you were not <laughs> you were not it in was, your right state of mind, so to speak. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I mean, it was like it was like an out-of-body experience where I saw they they pulled back the curtain and I saw the Wizard of Oz. You know, yeah. it was it was that sort of experience for me that uh, it led me down this path of uh, just researching as much as I possibly could about it. Now, before that, you know, I've talked with, you know, I, I went to therapy, talked to my therapist about it. Uh, she goes, well, this was a really experience. This was a real experience for you. And I'm like, yeah, it was as real as it gets. It was as real as you and I talking right here, where I heard a voice saying we were, we were, and as I was laying there, I heard the voice several times, actually. Uh, it was a voice that said, we're going to reboot you. It's okay. This is all part of the process. You're going to be back in just a few minutes. Just bear with us. Like these are the words. And it was a, the voice was a female voice. It was calming. It was soothing. Uh, and it was like going on at like an intercom in your head. You know, that was kind of like what it was like, uh, like someone coming over the PA system. It's okay, Mr. Phillips, you know, <laughs> it was like, and you know, and it, it was insane, literally insane. Uh, I'm never going to take that much THC ever again in my life. Uh, let's just say that. Uh, and uh, But it was one I think I was glad I had because uh, it led to this trying to – and that's all the whole thing about what I try to find in life is the truth to things, right? I think all of us to a certain extent want to know what's out there beyond this life, you know, what are we here for type of questions. Uh, and out of all the things I've heard, the fact – us being in a computer program or in a piece of software or we're, we're part of this experience can be applied to uh, just life in general and just about any religious uh, book that you read, right? They all can, there are cross contextual uh, thoughts there that can be explained through simulation theory. Uh, even UFOs can be explained in simulation theory. Uh, God can be explained in simulation theory. Uh, angels can be explained in simulation theory. All of this stuff can be explained through simulation theory. It just seems like it makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. And I've recently, you know, stumbled across multiple videos, multiple articles, which suggest that some of the smartest people on the face of the earth, you know, uh, physicists, philosophers, even spiritual gurus. Uh, they're all coming out publicly admitting there is a better chance than not that we are, in fact, living inside of some sort of a simulation. Yeah, perhaps yes, a sir. simulation that's a game within a game within a game, you right. know, and coming up next, we're going to really uh, peel the layers back and get into this uh, even a little bit more talking about the UFOs, the, the ghosts, the angels and, and all these aspects coming up next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. 
If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So, Aaron, uh, as a UFO enthusiast, uh, you know, yeah, it, it is possible maybe... Uh, you know, some of the things we see zipping around the sky, you know, maybe those are just part of the simulation. Maybe it's, um, you know, part of the game. Maybe it's to get yeah. us to look up more. Maybe it's us from the future. I mean, who knows? Where, right? where do you think UFOs fit into the picture when we're talking about the Matrix? Oh, man. Are they the creators of it? Are they the ones that are the, like, that thought's po- po- coming to my head more than once is these little white lights we see these orbs that are floating around are these people on the other side quote unquote the, the the creators of the simulation theory or maybe it's like you said even us you know i totally dig on that one on that theory andy it's like maybe that's us looking through down maybe that's someone on the, the where i'm plugged in maybe that's me looking through my telescope at myself you know uh into the or the microscope i guess or well, i don't know what it would be would it be a telescope or a microscope? I, yeah, I don't, don't know. know. It depends on what, <laughs> what perspective you're coming from. Right. But it, it is fascinating. And going back earlier, what you were saying about, you know, type one civilization, I believe it was Michio Kaku on one of his many documentaries that, that he's uh, been involved with. And, you know, see him on the History Channel, Science Channel, things like this. But on a scale of zero, one, two, three, or four, currently human beings are a type zero civilization. It's kind of mind-boggling considering how technologically advanced we really are, but compared to some other alien awesome. extraterrestrial yeah. civilizations that could have been around for millions or billions of years, we're babies. We're very primitive. Uh, in fact, you know, he was saying one of the things that classifies us as a type zero civilization, we can't even control our own weather. You know, we right. can't stop hurricanes. We can't stop uh, tornadoes. We can't make it rain to, to you know, to put an end to a drought. Uh and in the future, we will be able to do these things as if it's magic or child's play, but we're we're not there yet. Now, will we get there, or will we we blow ourselves up? And during this te- you know this technological adolescence, I guess we'll see. Um, hopefully, these young whippersnappers coming up are smarter than our generation and can uh, find a way to continue evolving the technology with at the same time lessening the violence and. And kind of finding our, you know, sense of maturity and spirituality as we grow technically. Um, but there's there's just so much to consider when you're talking simulation theory. Uh, one of the really fascinating uh, takes that I heard on this, and it's it's not even a theory. This was actually a study, a research study, where they they created this video game that was basically a very dumbed down version of the the Sims game. If you remember that game, I think mm-hmm. it's still. A, a thing oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great PC game. And, yeah, you know, it's just you just have these characters and they have jobs and relationships and they live lives. So they did this research study. They created this simulation where these characters were just living life. They could reproduce. They had free will to make their own decisions. And just like people, some were jerks, some were violent, some were peacekeeping and noble. Uh, you know, they kind of formed their individual units and communities and neighborhoods. It was very much a like-for-like like recreation of, of our world. But the interesting thing was, as this game evolved over multiple generations, some characters died, other characters were born, and, and the game began, uh, began to become more complex to the point where some of the characters actually had consciousness, where they were having dialogues with each other, like, who made us? Who created us? Uh, somebody made this world. And, and essentially, 
I don't know what the the wordage was, but they they viewed the creator of their game as like a deity, a god. And they were like, what if what if this you know higher power pulls the plug on us? Then we won't exist. We can't let that happen. And it was just this mind-boggling study of kind of what's going on now. You know, humans have attained consciousness, and and we've formed these thoughts of what a higher power might constitute, and. And then here we are, you know, we're creating games, we're creating, you know, entertainment and and we're creating like Minecraft, which is a worldwide phenomenon. And then in Minecraft, you have people who are so advanced at that game, they're creating a Minecraft game within a Minecraft game. Crazy. So now we're talking like a simulation inside of a simulation inside of a simulation. And like, where does it end? Right. I don't know where it ends. My son plays Roblox all the time uh, as well as Minecraft. Minecraft's a great example, but Roblox, he can, there's Roblox Studio where he can create a world and he's done it already. Uh, he's nine and he, you can create a, any type of world or environment that you want. He could even recreate our house if he wants to uh, within Roblox. And then he can log into his VR through his Oculus Quest and go in there and experience that, that house that he created. And that world that he created, which is insane, right? So, I mean, so he's he's in the house, but then he puts the goggles on and like he's in the house within the house, right? So he's like within two Roblox. Deep. That's yes, nuts, man. That's yeah, nuts. and you and anybody can do that right now. And the fact that we are just a civil and what what even I think proves the simulation argument even more as a as a theory that could explain a lots of different things is the fact that we are civilization zero to me. I just, that I just want to go back to that stat again, because uh, when you, I mean, we're, uh, we're uh, sit where yours is a little bit different than mine. And that civilization zero is describes where we are technologically, right? right? We're already able to create a virtual reality. And the fact that we are there and almost have the ability to create a civilization simulation just think about 100 years where it might be from now uh where this technology where we're just like ready player one you know we're wearing the haptic suits we're logging inside the game and we're in totally different reality completely surrounded by it uh the the fact the odds are again i'm going to say that the odds that we are the the first civilization to ever do that are very very low I can't remember. I got to find that statistic because it's, it's, it's an incredible one. Uh, it's one of those where you are just like, we are in a civilization. You're like, this is the most explains the most. It just makes the most sense. So, you know, and then you have people, archeologists digging up, you know, advanced technology oh, that yeah. according to carbon dating and stuff is like, you know, 20,000 years old and they're finding computers and batteries and stuff. It's like, how many times has this simulation rebooted? Like, how many times have we, you know, essentially blown ourselves to smithereens and started from scratch and, and you know, created a, a brand new level of technology? And I guess that would be the equivalent of all your Mario lives are gone. And so you right. hit reset and you start playing. <laughs> well, exactly. And it explains reincarnation, a big topic that I'm into, you're into. I mean, you've written a book about it and the it just it. It offer it explains so much there. And real quick, there's one scientist who I really uh, like, and his name is Jim Gates. He uh, is involved in supersymmetry and string theory. He and there's YouTube videos out there uh, from him. And there's one particular YouTube video that, as he was doing the maths, and this is a brilliant man, way smarter than I am, or uh, just about anybody probably on the planet, honestly. Uh, and he went in and he started doing the math and he drilled all the, I'm just going to do a real simple version of it. He drilled all the way down into 
the the fabric of the universe and from a mathematical standpoint what our world is and he saw that everything is zero and ones and within this zero and one he found a calculation uh uh some sort of equation calculation that was created in that was found discovered in the 1940s built into this code that he uh well i don't know i gotta read it but built into this mathematical formula and i'm gonna i should post that video for you or i'll share that with you in the chat because it is uh something that is hopefully you can edit this andy by the way no no it's it's good buddy i'll I'll edit what i need to but this is this is kind of raw uh unedited unrehearsed and uh here i am trying to pull up my uh pull up my Pinterest because no, there's, there's weird, there's strange things all around us. I mean, you talk about codes and uh, you know, ones and zeros and uh, here's, here's one thing to, to put this in your pipe and smoke it. So right. <laughs> speaking of odd, you know, numerical synchronicity. So the speed of light is 299,792, uh, excuse me, 299,792,458 meters per second. Otherwise, 299-792-458. Well, wouldn't you just know it, the coordinates of the Great Pyramid at Giza, same exact numbers. That's insane. Yeah, 29.9792458 degrees north. That's so just the great absolutely coordinates insane. of the Great Pyramid at Giza, perfectly aligned down to the decimal point of the speed of light. Just kind of makes you wonder... Uh, well, you know, and how do they know that? I mean, the, the, I mean, you think back our standard view of archaeology and the those that have come before us is they were not an advanced uh, civilization as far as advanced as to know the speed of light, right? From a from a mathematical standpoint, how would they know that? I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, uh, things like that. And what the one with the moon too, where the moon uh, during an eclipse is just large enough to cover up the sun. You know, I mean yeah. that. It's It's, like exactly like a fourth the size of the earth, but it's a fourth of the distance away from the earth or something like that. So during a a complete solar eclipse or lunar eclipse, it it completely, I mean, down to the nanometer, it's like a perfect, a perfect fit there. It's nuts. I don't know, man. And then hell, we could do a whole nother episode on the dark side of the moon, couldn't we? (laughs) Right. <laughs> we could do an episode on did we really land on the moon? You know, uh, we could know. do that. We could do another one on the pyramids. Uh, but right. getting, getting back to uh, simulation theory. So, you know, you start to see some things breaking down now in a world where everything can be digitally altered. We, we must uh, stay grounded and we must look for evidence of tampering. But you have these, you know, these cases of people that are getting footage of like birds who are frozen in midair. Yeah, you have uh, you have insane. videos on YouTube of people that their reflection in the mirror doesn't match their face. You know, you have things like this. And I, I guess if we are living in a simulation, is it, you know, kind of like Super Mario Brothers or any other game where it, it gets a little glitchy sometimes. Sometimes you'll have a guy that runs through a brick wall and that's not supposed to actually be possible in the game. Is the real life equivalent of that like a ghost who walks through a wall? You know, like shouldn't right. be able to physics doesn't work like that. But I just saw what I saw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And the, I, I think I remember seeing one even where there was a, a dude in a in a car and he noticed the 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 reflection in the mirror in the rear view in the the pet, the car next to him's mirror did not match. He was sitting in the driver's seat. That is uh, a pretty profound video as well, uh, which can be searched and found to be 
uh, not to be fake. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, unless it is, I mean, it, I mean, anything could be fake these days, but, uh, it's, there's just all sorts of crazy things. Then the Mandela effect, of course, that, uh, I mean, that gets explained that way. Uh, yeah, there's man, just so the, many. And everyone listening probably knows this, but the Mandela effect, oh, uh, Mandela. Yes, kind of, it, it's all right. Play on words from Nelson Mandela, but a lot of people remember, falsely that Nelson Mandela was killed in a prison camp, uh, which never in fact happened. He was released from there. He became president of South Africa years later and everyone was kind of baffled. They're like, well, I, that's no, like he's, he's passed away years ago. And we're talking about a major historical and political major. event that everybody yeah. seems to remember differently. Like how does right. that happen? Yeah. I don't know how that, that's insane to me. I put a video on my own Facebook page once of uh, Darth Vader saying, Luke, uh, I am your father. There was a toy that was found uh, that says that exact line, where actually I think what he says is Luke, or what does he say? I can't remember right now off the top yeah. of my head. When, so, I, when, I, when I heard the replay of what he actually says, I'm like, that's, that's BS. Like, that's not, that's not what he says in the movie. But I think in the actual movie, he never says, Luke, I am your father, because that's everybody knows that line. He never said that line. All right. he said was, I am your father. There was right. No he didn't Luke say this. It. Yeah, he didn't say Luke. That's, he yeah, that's right. No. This toy on my, that I found a YouTube video, and I'll share this with you as well, says, Luke, I am your father. And it's a Darth Vader toy. So they think that's proof of the, that didn't get erased by the computers, right? That this didn't get changed in our particular reality. So it's a toy. It's a YouTube video of a toy saying, Luke, I am your father. And, uh, which is crazy to me as well. <laughs> it's like, crazy. And you can go on and on and on. One of the things that really caught my attention with the Mandela effect is growing up, you know, one of the most popular book series was the Bernstein Bears, right? Yeah. Uh, right. And come to find out it never was the Bernstein Bears. It's the Bernstein Bears. Yeah. And everybody was kind of up in arms when this came out because they're like, no, that's not how it's pronounced. And sure enough, you pull up a picture of that book. It's the Bernstein Bears. Spelled with an A. Yeah. No, e, no E at the it end does yeah. not. It doesn't hit the ears right, man. No, um, it definitely doesn't hit the ears right. But you have this, you know, you have this happening, um, you know, quite often. Um, I remember uh, my my daughter, Sky, when she was just an infant, her mom was looking at her, uh, checking on her in her crib. She was no more than six months old tops. And just in an instant, she's looking at her and it's like her whole body just like blinked out, like phased out in like a fourth of a second. And mm -hmm. suddenly her body was in a completely different part of the crib. That's almost oh, like wow. it glitched for a second. And, you know, just like a four, oh, just split so second later, she's, she's laying on the other end of the crib. She's like, what the yeah. hell is that? Yeah, that's, that's just crazy. It's, and I, it's, you know, those experiences I believe happened because of what happened to me, uh, on the, the on Memorial, it was a yeah Memorial day weekend or yeah, I think it was Memorial day weekend all that time ago when I had that too much THC, it was like, time literally as i watched my son climb up this cliff and i was worried about him go backwards and then he went forward again and then he went backwards again it was like i was on some weird pause um i don't know it was really strange um and, time got and a i little, can't make it got a little funny yeah, yeah time got a little goofy but the most yeah. the, the, to me the most shocking part of that entire experience was that this being, this this presence was like, hey, we're rebooting you. And right. is that the actual words that they use? Those that were the exact words. That now, was, yeah. 
Last I checked, a human can't be rebooted. That's a computer term. That is a computer term. And it's, it reminds, you've seen the show Westworld, right? And so yeah. this happened back in 2000 and it was 18. It was right before the pandemic is when this occurred, 2019, maybe. And, uh, it, it, and I hadn't done any research on, I've seen, I had seen Matrix, right? So I, I, I constantly, now I'm trying, I try to rationalize the thing in my, why did I experience what I experienced? And I, but I hadn't gone into the depths of simulation theory research at that point. So I didn't know the, the concept of rebooting and me being in a possible computer, uh, did not make sense to me. Uh, Matrix is the only thing probably that I saw that kind of covered that from a movie standpoint that could have been stuck in my brain somewhere, but that, that's it. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a conundrum in, in my world and my experience of life. And how do I explain? So then the thoughts go through. How do I explain this to myself? How do I rationalize what happened to me? Uh, you know, and then I started reading those books and reading all about string theory, reading about uh, quantum commute, computing and reading about all the different things that correlate. So, you know, and at the end of the day, if we are living in a in a glorified simulation, what, does it even matter? We still have to go through the motions, right? We still have to pay our bills. We have to go to work. We have to take care of our children. Uh, you know, it feels very real. I will say that. It, yeah. it, this is a video game. They got the graphics down pat. Right. But, you know, but then again, <laughs> we are creating video games for fun and for entertainment, and those are getting so real, it's almost hard to distinguish those from reality. We were at a... Uh, a store, you know, an electronics store a couple of weeks ago, my daughter and I were, and we were looking at, you know, the TVs and, and of course they had just had like stock footage, you know, random things playing. One of them was a, a football game. It was like one of these new NFL, like the newest, you know, John Madden 23 or whatever came out right. and we were watching it and I had to do a double take and I was like, wait, is that, I, is that a video game? And I looked and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Sky, look at that. that that's a game. And she she got up close almost to, with her nose pressed up to the screen and she said, no, it's not. That's a real football game. And I said, nope, that's a video game. Yeah, so, that's it's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll never find all the answers we're looking for, but that's that's kind of half the fun, right? Yeah, it is half the fun. And, going, and, and it's just doing the research and then hopefully experiencing a UFO or two. Uh, experiencing something that keeps me on my toes is, is always fun. Uh, some sort of, and, and I think that's when the synchronicities come into play, right? It's these, it's kind of in my theory of the, and, and I'm a firm believer in this. If I've ever heard anything that makes more sense to me, uh, is a sim, then religion or anything is the simulation theory. Uh, cause it's a, it's a theory to explain them all to a certain extent. And then when those synchronicities start coming into play, uh, it just is a confirmation to me. Uh, from the universe that something is uh, everything's we're here for a reason and we're here to figure out uh, and we're here to play a game to a certain extent. I mean, some people say life isn't a game, but I have a firm belief that we are here to learn and explore uh, on this journey, I guess, to get cheesy here that we call life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you're lucky enough to hit that warp tube and level up a couple, a couple, right. Levels, right? Find yourself yeah. a, a, you know, green mushroom, get an extra life or two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's, Mario it's, brothers. Let's Mario take some brothers, shrooms, man. Yeah. It. And, you know, it kind of is a game, right? Cause we have the free will to make choices to go where we want. And, you know, again, this kind of takes you down the hole of uh, alternate realities. But truly, if you think about it, every decision that you make on a daily basis, big and small, 
it almost like branches out into another potential, you know, future reality that you could be living. I mean, if our life presently is just the culmination of a series of choices and the past, present and future are all happening simultaneously. I mean, there could be a version of Aaron Phillips who's homeless. There could be another version of you who's president, another one that works for NASA, another one, you know, like presently you're like a super dad and a good guy. And uh, it's just mind boggling to think. And and video games are like that because you hit the reset button. You could play again. Going, you could play Super Mario's a hundred times and have a hundred different experiences depending on where you go in the level and which which blocks right. you knock and which mushrooms you step on. So right. it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And even I mean, I, I play. I'm a gamer myself, and I, I play a lot of Call of Duty with some friends. And that game alone has. Uh, just, I mean, it's a free open spans world where you can do just about anything you want within that world with your team. Right. So it's, yeah, we're, we're definitely, I think uh, society is at, at some point here, we're going to create our own simulation to where we all can go on. Instead of going on vacation to Hawaii, we're going, we're going to log into this really expensive VR system and, you know, go to Mars or something for a day. Uh, you know, and I, I think, that sort of stuff is, you know, around the corner. If if some, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg has his way, it's going to be here sooner than that. So, uh. yep, and that that's where we're headed. So if anybody hasn't seen the movie Ready Player One, uh, kind of check that out because it's kind of in that wheelhouse of detaching from reality to the point where we're basically living inside of our video games. So. Um, Aaron, this has been a real treat, man. Uh, thanks for no, kind of going on this yeah. rabbit hole with us and sharing your thoughts and for having the courage to share a very personal experience or two uh, with, with all of our listeners. So we, we appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we'll have Aaron on again next season. Uh, meanwhile, go ahead and check out the show notes. Click the link, become a subscriber, and then you can access a super strange bonus episode each and every Thursday. Until next time, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe and stay strange. Okay.